0: Well, welcome back to another episode of Hurt Business Radio. It's the last one for the year, a bit of an emotional one. <laughs> and don't forget, for all your boxing, apparel, Everlast needs, go to www.everlastboxing.com.au. They've got you covered. I'm joined by the classy one, Ben Damon. Ben. Hello,
1: Mickey. Uh, yeah, things are good, mate. Uh, very well rested. I've been um, I've been watching uh, Jade Mitchell, Kim Paulson each night before I go to bed and um, <laughs>
2: yes. it sends
1: me off in about one or two rounds and uh, I go right through the night. So yeah, it's been a winning formula um, in the last week or so. Other than that, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely better than
2: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just jumped straight out of the gates with a banger there. I'm in for a. It's going to get emotional on my end, I think, today. That's what Mickey was referring to.
1: I didn't think you'd be able to come on after your uh, Gaddy Ward effort the other night. I thought maybe you'd still be resting <laughs> up.
2: Oh, fuck you, dude. Oh, mate. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> Obviously, Jade needs an introduction. Hi, Jade.
1: They've <laughs> yeah. got an introduction the other night.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm great. Merry Christmas to both you boys and uh, to all the listeners out there. Likewise. Um, yes,
1: Merry Christmas. Compliments yeah, well, of
2: season. I suppose we're just going to get straight into um, Fight of the Year candidate. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah, well,
0: we're going to do just a separate show on your fight, I so just, I think you yeah. need a... Full hour for that.
1: I so. think. Yeah. Look, let's just quickly. Full eight hours for that, I think, because we'll yeah. be snoozing through. It's uh, just do a
0: series on a week.
1: I
2: seriously, and I, I reckon there's a market for that. I reckon the listeners will love ripping into me. <laughs> that's that's great. Look, let's 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 brush over it and get to uh, more important
1: things, shall we? Uh, look- yeah, we've got. Give us twenty seconds, honestly. Twenty seconds, go.
2: Fuck. <sighs> well no. do thank you um. <laughs> that that pretty well sums up look fellas i have never ever ever in my life encountered that before like just pure survival mode from round one as soon as i clipped him in the first round um he just went into an absolute shell and um i couldn't do anything to to set anything up he just kept hanging on um he was warned a few times and uh, the only thing i could see was the the back of paulson's head at times and i'll tell you what very tempted just to um, whack him in the back of the scone and close the show, but I was, um, I, was I did it a couple of times and told was, I'd be um, disqualified. But, um, mate, I've never never encountered that. And I'll tell you the worst thing of all about that, and this is something that you couldn't see on the television, but, my God, Impulsen, I don't know what you're eating over there in Denmark, like whether it's the pickled herrings or whatever's going on, the worst <laughs> VO... I have ever encountered in any fighter.
0: <laughs>
2: and that motherfucker hung around for 10 rounds, not only stink, hey, stinking the joint up.
1: Literally stunk up the joint. Yeah, yes, right. Okay.
2: Literally, like, it burnt my eyeballs and I could feel it in the back of my throat. That's the smell of this man. And yeah, okay. I'm telling you, like, it's once, in a, you, I'll never forget the smell of Kim Poulsen. Like, it was fucking bad. It was terrible, okay. but
1: anyway. Well, that'll do that. Let's never speak of it again.
0: All right, 20 seconds.
2: I, ga- <laughs> um, I guarantee you you're going to have another dig at me within the next 20 oh. seconds. I, I, know,
0: right. I know. Anyway. It's hard not to. Um. <laughs> and obviously you
2: were. Fuck <laughs> you <Roughly> too, Mickey. <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: Yes. And you're going to talk yeah. about Saturday night in Brisbane, um, Mickey. Uh, what an outstanding show it was uh, from DDP – who um, had Dennis Hogan, obviously, um, who's already mandatory to Hame Mungia, and uh, got through with a wide unanimous, unanimous decision uh, victory over Jamie Weech in a really entertaining fight. Sometimes um, Dennis's fights can be a little bit messy, and um, while he, he consistently outboxes everyone, um, he may not always be hugely entertaining, but uh, this fight was completely entertainment, and Jamie Weech came to fight got some good right hands off early round one round three had good moments but then Dennis was just on and um he fought really really well so now um all the talk just just turned to him fighting against Jaime Munger for the uh world title which is a another level altogether or a few more levels but um Dennis is keen for that fight and there's conversations being had about it but overall yeah really good show some um some good fights on the undercard as well um a really good uh, female fight. I don't know if you folks have gone back and watched D.D. D. Hobbs against Baby Nansen yet, but uh, it was outstanding. Um, a really, really good fight. And one of the more controversial um, judging decisions as well that I've ever seen on the undercard, Mark Snook got away with one against Tim McCoy Williams, uh, who was on debut and a highly touted, Amateur turning pro, and he just got robbed on the card. So uh, a, a great night by DDP, and um, yeah, congrats to Dennis Hogan.
2: So yeah, uh, a strange one when when such a such a well such a such a great amateur turns professional finally, and then gets ripped on the card. Do you think that they'd be investing in uh, Tim McCoy Williams?
1: It was mind-blowing. Um, to be honest, I gave him three, if not four rounds, probably four rounds, and then one of the judges had it four-zip the other way. Um, one of the judges had it 3-1 the other way, and then Adam Height um, had it. Correct. He had 3-1 to Williams, but uh, yeah, it was a really, really odd one. Uh, I went on a bit of a rant on the coverage. Actually, I was just blown away and people were just kept coming up all night saying, "Um, what happened in that fight? And I know that Williams' team were immediately going to appeal the decision. And um, yeah, yeah, really odd. Uh, Particularly, as you mentioned, he was um, someone that uh, a lot of eyes were on and uh, an amateur with a a lot of... um, Potential and some praise around him, and he's been um, rewarded. Tim McCoy Williams actually meddled
2: at the um, Youth World Championships. I'm, I'm positive. I think I think he got a bronze at the Youth Worlds.
1: Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, he looked pretty sleek the other night. He moved really well. He, he can
2: certainly handle himself. So that's just so odd that um, mm. that's happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird one. It was a really weird one. But uh, yeah, and then that uh, female fight I mentioned was outstanding. DD D. Hobbs is undefeated. They want to get a fight with Katie Taylor, and she just went uh, life and death with baby Nance and a Kiwi, really tough. They were both um, injured to the face, covered in blood, and just uh, going down the stretch, throwing um, huge right hands. It was really good stuff. But the entire crowd, and it was a big crowd there as well, uh, were on their feet by the end of that fight. It was... Um, it was special stuff. It, it was a bit like um, Mitchell Paulson, actually. Eh,
2: thanks, cunt. Um, <laughs> 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 I really held back there. No, it was. It was like it was like a. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like it, as you touched on. It was like a rocky fight. Just the girls just let it all hang out. I I actually you did crap on about it the other day, so I checked it out.
1: Ah, uh, good. I was hoping you'd go yeah, one. Yeah, and did you have a? Did you watch Snook Williams?
2: No, I didn't watch that one.
1: Okay, I just you, you well, have a look back at some point. I'd love to see your scores. You
2: raved about um, Hobbs and that, so I thought I had to check it out. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. a great fight, and it really was like a Rocky movie. Dee Dee Hobbs literally has her hands on her chest and just walks forward, from arms the entire time, just walks through shots. He's like the Terminator.
1: Yeah, what about when she got a busted nose and then just started smiling and going, all right, it's on now. And she's coming forward and going, yeah, this is what I want. And afterwards, she said, yeah, well, I've been looking for a war. I wanted a war. And when I knew I was in one, I was excited. So, um, yeah, she got one. And Baby and was outstanding. It was a really close fight as well. You could have given it either way. She got a unanimous decision, D.D. Hobbs, but it was tight. Um, I think it's certainly one that you could make a rematch of. um, And I hope that they do on a DDP show in the not too distant future. Uh, They've got bigger things in mind at the moment though, because uh, I mentioned that uh, Dennis Hogan uh, is now mandatory or has been mandatory for a while. They're trying to make that fight. And um, I I haven't mentioned Rowan Murdoch yet, but he uh, went the distance with his Argentine opponent, won just about every moment, looked pretty good, got caught with a few shots, but um, but came out of it uh, looking really strong. And immediately afterwards, he went up to number three in the world. He's now gone back to number four after some interesting stuff by the WBO, but uh, he's, Got a world title shot just about imminent as well. You'd think, if not his next fight, then uh, perhaps the one yeah. after. Yeah, well, it would it would seem
2: because you brought that to our attention just before we're on the um, on the pod yeah. here that Rowan was at number three. He's moved back to number yeah. four because um, Jesse Hart has now moved back into the number two position. Um, I yeah, should,
1: it would appear there's there's a plan. I, yeah, to get Jesse Jesse Hart. Hart a Jesse shot.
2: Hart will fight for that vacant title if uh, Gilberto mm. Ramirez goes away. It'd be it'd be great if he vacates. It'd be great to see Rowan in the other corner. Um, if if look Shafat if or is is how do you say his name?
0: It's Sufi
2: The fellow who's in the number one position. I don't I don't rate the guy. I'd, if Rowan got to fight him for the world title, Rowan becomes champion of the world. Mm. Absolutely. So um it's what,
1: and then he defends against Jade Mitchell.
2: Well, I'm not rated. The domestic not, showdown. You got to get rated, rated, mate. With the WBO, but um, didn't
1: they watch the other night?
2: Well, <laughs> you're such a fucking. Oh my god. Um, I wish we could have done this one. In, I wish, wish we could have done this in person. So there's at least the. Within arm's length, I could just give you a little jab or something. You
1: know who is rated, though? Um, Zach Dunn's rated. What happened to Mitchell v. Dunn? There was a lot of talk about that happening. Uh, I know you called him out in the ring afterwards, but you know, uh, I believe you know, that's not you know happening.
2: what's happening? The only thing that is happening, the only talk that's happening, is I'm talking about it. They're, they don't want the fight. Um, I believe they've almost got it over the line now to fight the German who, I don't know how the hell these guys are popping up in the world ratings, but there's a German there at number 13. Or he wasn't number thirteen last time I looked. I, uh, Patrick Rockolf. Yes, him. Yeah, yep. That's who Zach's fighting. So yep. hopefully Zach gets the job done against him, and then yep. um, I'm going to have to pull the trigger on that mandatory and force force the fight, or he will have to um, he'll have to um, relinquish, because mate, it's, it's yep. such a brilliant fight, and that way the. Between the between me and Zach, we'll be rated across the board. Um, hopefully I know my team's been working on getting him in the IBF ratings as I'm the IBF regional champion in our part of the world. Um, so we'd be rated across the board. And mate, if I could get into the WBO ratings and Royal Murdoch got a hold of the world title, I would I'd absolutely love to just say Canelo was to vacate the WBA title and somehow I found myself in a in a shot there then if i if I got a hold of a strap, I would gladly defend that against Bilal Akaway or Zach Dunn, who are in the ratings. Um, hopefully i get rid of Zach before that, but um, i'd gladly give give the other Aussie boys a shot
1: absolutely you um You mentioned Canelo there um, I had a good chat with Glenn Rushton. The other night, um, they're legitimately chasing a fight Jeff Horn against Canelo, um, and talking about government funding to bring it to Australia. Like that, he's he's honestly keen on that, and he sees it as a possibility. They got Manny Pacquiao here. Um, it seems far fetched, but uh, yeah. who knows? Well, Glenn, uh, <laughs> it's, Glenn's it's,
2: also keen on yeah. getting Terence Crawford back out here to fight Horn. I yeah, mate. I mate, I just. No. Let's not see that. No, so, let's, not. Let's, not. let's not. And Canelo would be huge to get to get him over here. The fight I like for Jeff is the um, Argentine WBA regular champion. If he could get that in yeah. junior middleweight, yeah, that, that would be huge. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. Jeff, yeah, that one makes a lot of Jeff, sense, uh, I think. Jeff
2: beats that guy. He beats him, and then there's, then there's big yeah. fights for him in the uh, junior middleweight division.
1: Um, yeah what about uh, Hogan Mungia? do you give Dennis Hogan any chance gee he's a good fella i'd love to see him um win a world title it'd mean so much to him and he's he's been on a long journey but it's a tough tough route going through that fella
2: absolutely he he he's just so strong isn't he um, yeah
1: but-, but maybe he goes up eventually he's massive and he's only young, so he's got to still be um, developing. Yeah, uh, a- you wouldn't think you would have too long in this weight division.
2: 13 years old, isn't he? Yeah,
1: like <laughs> he is. He's
2: 13 <laughs> and 6'5". Um, so, Mexican mates. Yeah. Uh, Mexican I- mates again? Yeah. Must be.
1: Me- yes, <laughs> well, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, he's fighting Takeshi Inui, um, the Japanese junior middleweight, uh, soon as well. And I think there's plans from the DDP boys to be there ringside at that fight and um, to get the conversations going with Golden Boy and see what they can do uh, to bring that fight to, hopefully, to Australia. And, you know, you could combine it with um, with the big fight with Jeff Horn fighting against someone, or you can do them separately. Or There's lots of things happening in boxing in Queensland. It's very, very exciting.
2: That's a possibility, and that is exciting. Imagine that two two world titles on Australian shores, two boys yep. from the same gym, two boys in the same weight division. Jeff Horn, who's an yep. absolute superstar up there, and then you've got Dennis Hogan, who's just such a likable fella. And um, yep. I, yeah,
1: I just and maybe Rowan Murdoch as well. Like, there's yeah a lot of things happening.
2: Yeah, um, DDP but, like, DDP, are absolutely killing it. They're doing awesome things. They are. Yep, no doubt.
0: And what about their future shows that they're um, that they've announced and they've started? Uh, yeah, they've any- had a couple of those.
1: I'd imagine there'd be plans for some um, uh, next year as well. Uh, obviously, they've shut up shop for this year, but um, yeah, they uh, they'll be focusing on what happens with Dennis Hogan, uh, talking with Golden Boy, seeing what they can do, and where that's going to end up, um, and Ron Murdoch as well. And uh, then they'll get back to planning their own domestic shows. But uh, whether those boys end up fighting. In Queensland, or if they fight overseas, um, world title shots are imminent for the pair of them.
2: The um, the production and everything that, that they're putting together is absolutely great. What sort of numbers and stuff are they doing? Because these fights, I can I know that the people from DDP must be investing so much into um, into these cards. Um, I just wonder if there's if there is a glass ceiling. If they're going to be able to break break it like. Do they have the funding to keep these cards going? Because those guys must be putting putting so much into these shows, and are they getting the numbers there? And is TV going to get on board? Um, because the product they're putting out is second to none. They're they they're leading the way for production and everything. I, I believe in Australia right now. Is there enough? Oh. Is there enough interest? Is there enough money in it to make it um, to actually make it? Feasible, is it? Well, working? I've
1: seen that there is certainly enough interest by what's happened with Jeff Horn. So, uh, he was a virtual nobody before he came along into a fight with Manny Pacquiao. He was developed really well, they brought him through the rankings, they got him that shot. He did the business in the ring and won the fight and Dif- it became a superstar. Different, it's a very different thing with um, Dennis Hogan, obviously, being a, an Irishman, but with world titles and world title victories comes another level of success, and they've invested heavily in developing him bringing him through, uh, putting him in a position where he can win a world title. And if he does the business and, and does win that, uh, who knows what they can do. They can certainly continue to do big shows. And if they have Rowan Murdoch, very, very marketable, um, looks the part. boxes as well um, would be extremely popular if people knew about him. Um, yeah. Then yeah, you never know. They, they, uh, they've invested, they've done it the right way, and um, because- they're every chance of, um, of it all paying off
2: because Jeff on his way up had the backing of Juco who were doing big shows in New Zealand and and they're selling out they're selling out um, stadiums for, for Joseph Parker fights on the way up um, so he he sort of rode the wave of that and the way he was matched and the way he was handled on his, on his way up they just did such a brilliant job i just yeah. like
1: i and then like, right at the I, end they did the deal the, the, sorry, they did the deal with Fox, and he headlined a couple of our shows um, domestically um, before the Pacquiao fight. He had um, a couple in Queensland and uh, looked really good in both of them. They were on um, Free to Air Fox, and then obviously he became a pay per view star after um, the Manny Pacquiao event. So I suppose yeah, what, I'm, it,
2: what I'm doing yeah. is I'm really just fishing because you're 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 the man who's in the know with you're more in the know than any of us, that's for sure, about what's going on with TV and that. I just want to see these great shows that these guys are putting together back on TV because that's what this sport needs in this country. Yeah, that's what I want to
1: see as well. And um, I I know that there are some very high-level conversations that are being had um, and have been being had for a little while, and I'm confident that next year we'll see a lot more domestic boxing on Australian television. So um, it it remains to be seen what the... um, What the nature of that is, who gets the shows, where the shows are, um, and all that sort of thing. But uh, I'm confident there'll be more uh, boxing on Australian television.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. What about free-to-wear, though? Like, actual free-to-wear. Because I remember Lucas Brown, when he fought, I think, Julius Long the first time. Wasn't that on Channel 9?
1: Yeah, that was the footy show, Fight Nights, that um, that did... Um, which you know was a was a good concept, probably just um, just not done uh, as well as it could have been, and, and as a result, not as successful. They got good figures off the back of um, being up for some um, mainstream major sports coverages, but um, yeah, the the shows themselves uh, probably didn't quite hit the market. And since that time, uh, there's been no moves by free-to-air networks to get involved in boxing again. I've had conversations with um, all three of them actually about different boxing programming, um, some of which has come close, but none of which has uh, ended up getting on. And in terms of just putting boxing on, uh, they don't seem to have an appetite in that direction at the moment. So more likely um, Fox Sports and main event.
2: Well, it'd be great if you'd work harder. And off the back of that, I just want to take time to say that um, I'm just happy that I did my part for Australian boxing, getting it back in the public eye again versus all right. So.
1: Well, what we're going to do is invite all <laughs> the people to sit them around. We're going to hire a cinema, yeah. cinema, we'll hire a cinema. Um, sit them all in there and just have 10 rounds of boring Mitchell v. Poulsen. Is there any chance of a rematch with Paulson? do you think? Did he do enough? Uh- We've got a
0: trilogy
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what, the number one stipulation in the contract is going to be that that motherfucker is wearing deodorant, all right?
1: I'm um, But yeah, uh, look, things are happening, but um, they never happen fast. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident that things are, are turning around. Certainly, we've got the talent. Um, there are enough uh, promoters having a a really good crack and um, there's you know there's enough people who are invested and That's- interested in the sport. There's a lot of fans. There's more and more fans all the time, given what's happening in Queensland in particular. Um, some really good shows, some exciting talent like um, Liam Parrow, who Angelo DiCarlo is looking after. He's uh, got a world title shot imminent. Um, the Maloney boys, obviously, one has already had his world title shot in Jason Maloney. He'll have another one. Andy, he'll... In a world title fight in the not too distant future, um, yeah, there's really good things happening, yeah. and you're right, it needs to be seen on television. And I'm confident that uh, we're moving to a place where that is more realistic, uh, and hopefully, that's only uh, uh, well, not too far away. See,
2: I pray that I pray that well, I pray that I get the fight with Dunn, but that would be that would be an awesome domestic fight to have on television, me versus Dunn. Like these and big, big domestic fights like that. If, the, if of course, other boys of out course. there are prepared to put their hand up and and take these fights, that'd be um, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah. So no doubt, We'll get it done, Ben.
1: Yeah, I'll just go do that now. So if you folks, um, yeah, please you, you
0: can just leave and just do it. <laughs> be great. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: quit wasting time, would you?
0: Okay, sorry. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. So nah, DDP doing great things out there in Brisbane. Um, what what other what what shows have we got this weekend? We've got the. Luke's, well, there's Luke's, a
1: show. This is um, we're recording this Friday morning. There's a show in um, Bankstown at the um, that the Emporium, I think it's called, uh, which uh, Mike Altamura is putting on. It's uh, Billy Hussain's venue, and he's got a host of stars. They're not in um, particularly difficult looking fights, but he's got good names: Paul Fleming, uh, Jack Brubaker, Luke Jackson, and some other good fights as well through the card. Ben Silla's a cruiserweight that I like, yep. um, and that's on, yeah. F- To Friday night in Sydney. Um, And I know that Mike has plans of um, getting into some bigger venues as he goes along, and he's got obviously uh, access to a really good stable of fighters there. and outside of that, there's really good boxing over the weekend internationally, um, which is all on Fox Sports. a big uh, day of boxing on Fox on Sunday because you've got the rematch uh, between Dillian White and Derek Chisora, um, with the main undercard bout being Reynolds Quinlan against uh, Joshua Boazzi at light heavyweight. Um, so good luck to Reynolds Quinlan over there. Stepping up in weight yet again, he's a natural middleweight pretty much, but he'll take a fight at um, at, at just about any weight division, and he's uh, going in against an undefeated fighter at light heavyweight. And then in the afternoon, the uh, Charlo brothers are both in fights that are on uh, Fox Sports as well from uh, midday uh, Australian Eastern Daylight Time.
0: Oh, nice. I didn't know about the Charlo brothers. That's great. Yeah. So
1: you can um, actually watch nine hours of live boxing on Fox Sports 507 this Sunday. Done. So you say I don't do anything for you.
0: Ah. Well, yeah, you're getting
2: better.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Take it back. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I believe that um, Ren is the best best opposition that, um, that his UK opponent has faced. It'll be interesting to see how um, how he goes. Is so he's so highly. Ter- how the hell did you he say his name again? I think been- Buatzi. Buatzi. Joshua Buatzi. Uh, Buatzi. Yeah. Buatzi. Yep. Look. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, to see how how Ren goes in that fight and how he looks against Bulazzi. Um I don't I, I wasn't I wasn't aware that Ren was even flat out training or, or in camp. It just all of a sudden it came out of nowhere that fight.
1: Yeah. I don't know that he was, to be honest. Um but he keeps fit. Uh, yeah. and yeah he'll take any he'll take any fight. Um like He's obviously the biggest test for Buatzi, um, given what he's done. Definitely in him.
0: terms of, like, punch resistance. Yeah, yeah. and he, you
1: know, he, he stopped Daniel Giel. Um, so he, he, he's no yeah. mug. And his last fight, he was in the fight of the year, aside from Mitchell Paulson, with, um, <laughs> with, with Damian Hooper. Um, and he yeah. nearly stopped him. He was, like, one right hand away from stopping Damian Hooper in the fifth round of that fight. And now he goes in here, and the only question mark you'd have is that he is not a light heavyweight. Um that if this was at middleweight, um, you give him every chance because Spilazi is untested and unproven and while he looks extremely talented, Quinlan's had fifteen fights and um he's looked really good in at least twelve of them. Uh so yeah, it, it's a it's a tough ask going over there and I saw the prices the bookies are offering you can get Seventeen dollars on Randall Quinlan just to win that fight, a dollar and one cent for Boazzi. So they're not giving him much chance, but um And didn't you say it was a, great didn't say say it. you say it was over twenty dollars for the stoppage? Yeah, twenty three dollars for the for the knockout victory for Quinlan. That's
2: a fun bet right there. Because Yeah, well it he... probably
0: worth a cheeky twenty bucks. Well go on. No, look let's see, we know he's got a, he's got some power and he's got good punches Yeah.
2: Man, he's got plenty of he's right. got plenty of power. Not only can he give it, but my God, can Reynold Quinlan take it? That man is tough as exactly. nails.
1: Yeah, he really is. Um so yeah, as I said, the only query is that the fact that he is going up to light heavyweight and that is not his weight division, but um otherwise he he's not a seventeen dollar chance in that fight.
0: Yeah, so back on the um domestic scene, uh we saw Bilal Akaway. Well we didn't see it, but we heard of him stopping from second seven.
1: Yep. Um, but- I watched it on Paul Nazari's Facebook, uh, promoter Paul Nazari, <laughs> <laughs> who was sort of commentating through it because um, he was in the crowd at Madison Square Garden. And um, Bilal uh, broke him down and, and, and stopped him. Um, Fonseca. So he got a lot of coverage out of it. It was in the papers everywhere and there was some yeah, news son. Yeah, they really sold the angle of him fighting at Madison Square Garden. I got a lot of uh, mainstream media writing me messages about him saying, oh, what's the go with this Bilal Akaway fella? They, they all heard about it. Um, I, I, and, and I think given he was at Madison Square Garden, they thought he was a, like a main event sort of thing and they thought that Fonseca was a was a tough opponent for him. And while he turned out to be reasonably tough, um, obviously uh, that's a fight Bilal should have won and should have um, won via stoppage and he did exactly that.
2: Mate, what, Bilal's just living the dream, man. Train alongside Canalo under Reno. So fighting at Madison Square Garden, like that is just, uh, that is living the dream. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. be interesting to see uh, what 2019 holds for Bilal. Like how can it get better than it is now? Like he's just absolutely killing it, living the dream. It's awesome.
1: Well, I would love to see them capitalize on some of this notoriety that he's gaining out of what he's doing over there. Obviously, you know, fight on Canelo's undercards and have these big fights in the US. But why not come back here and um, make him a a headline star at a major venue? There's going to be some um, TV shows and there's certainly some um, main event pay-per-view shows. Uh, So why not bring him back and and try and uh, capitalise on that and make him a star domestically as well as uh, a name internationally? I think that um, that would be a really sensible thing for them to look to do with Bill Lackawaii.
0: And yeah, they should definitely get Kim Poulsen for his opponent for that. <laughs> and then we can have yeah. that as.
1: Well, anyone who's going to stand in front team. of him is going to be an entertaining fight with Bilal, given that he punches so hard um, and, you know, he he, um, he moves uh, pretty well and gets himself in good spots to knock people out. So, um, yeah, you'd love to see him in with uh, someone who is not Kim Poulsen. Uh, I'd love to see him in with. Say a Rowan Murdoch or someone like those sorts of domestic fights would be outstanding. Obviously, they've got different paths at the moment and they're going in different directions. But um, those stylistic fights are, are ones that we could build towards down the track as these guys do become uh, stars domestically and do get their rankings up internationally.
2: Any of these fights with Murdoch, Dunn, Ackway, myself, we um, we should be trying to make them happen. But it just, it just, yeah, it just comes down to risk for reward. Rowan's on the verge of that world title fight. Lyle's got what he's got going on. I see that the one that makes sense to me is we're both Melbourne boys. Mean done. That's that's got to happen. But the other ones are hard to make happen. But if one of us boys breaks through, gets a belt, how good would that be to see these fights
1: domestically? Big, big oh, yeah. fights in Australia. Yeah. yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. We want one of these guys, yourself included, to um, to get a world title and then turn you all into pay per view stars. That's uh, that's the aim.
2: Absolutely. So Bilal was over there, and how good did Canelo look at um, super middle just destroying Fielding?
1: Pretty much exactly as uh, we all predicted. Um, He sliced him apart with enormous body shots. I thought maybe he would last a couple more rounds and he'd use his length, but um, really interestingly, uh, Rocky Fielding and his corner seemed to have the plan of um, sitting against the ropes. and trading trading and trying to catch him um, with counter shots. It was really odd. The one advantage that he had in that fight was his reach, and he decided not to use that um, and was broken that, down very, very quickly. And the body shots were obviously menacing. That's the uh, the great strength of Canelo, the way that he uh, chooses his shots and punches so accurately and uses feints in order to um, to get body shots off. So it was a, a, like it's obviously easy to say watching, but gee, it was strange tactically from Rocky Fielding and his uh, camp.
0: Also, because he got caught so early and then he still kept coming forward yeah, and, and trading with him. It
1: we'll go to plan B now, you would think. But yeah, um, yeah very unusual. But uh, gee, he was up against it, wasn't he? He <laughs> could tell. Um, he was. Yeah, he, he knew he was in a different league all of a sudden uh, as, as soon as things started.
2: Oh, So I just dropped out for a second, boys.
1: Are oh, you back, are you, Jay? Did you, did you take off for a while? Yeah, I just mate? took off. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, pretty much as predicted and um, it seemed to go pretty well for DAZN and um, the new arrangement they have with Canelo getting started and him making his debut at Madison Square Garden. So uh, fantastic. And Aussie could be involved, even though it was very early in the day that uh, Bilal did get to fight. uh to be on that undercard was was something else, and the atmosphere by the time the main event came around looked quite incredible.
2: Saw so talk of um, Canelo fighting uh, Callum Smith at a major in a in a major, um, but he uh, major stadium in the UK. Like, is that a possibility? Yep. Like, to me, to me, the biggest fights for Canelo are back down at middleweight. Gennady again, or oh, Charlo's there. Um, Charlo, yeah, Andre. Ch- yeah,
1: uh, Danny Jacobs, even Billy Joe. You, you do get the yep. impression that Danny Jacobs will be next. Um, I think David Lemieux was was the one that they wanted, but obviously he missed weight the other day for his Toriano Johnson fight. So uh, I, I would.
0: He collapsed.
1: Yeah, yeah. You'd be very surprised if that fight can be made at any time now. But um, yeah, Danny oh, I didn't Jacobs. I want
0: to see that fight anyway. Bit
1: yeah, collapsed.
0: Please,
2: come on, man. I am collapse everywhere. <laughs> what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, but they were building towards that fight. And then with him dropping out of the undercard, they'd have to put him back into an undercard, build yeah. him back into that position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'd think the ship will have sailed by that time, but maybe not. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I th- in regards to the idea of him fighting, Canelo fighting Callum Smith or, or even Jeff Horn at a stadium internationally, well, you've seen by the fight that he had just now with Rocky Fielding at a different weight class that he... He's available for these fights. He's available for any option. They're all options that will be put to him, and he's got a lot of fights in this deal with DAZN, so I wouldn't rule anything out. And while Danny Jacobs looks the uh, obvious next step for him, uh, maybe he comes to Suncorp and fights Jeff Horn, or maybe he goes to the UK and fights Callum Smith, or... Mm-hmm. Whoever else, and the the Gennady Golovkin um, rematch or the, the the third of them, um, that just entirely depends on whether Golovkin signs with DAZN or not. Well, it.
2: the depth of talent that's there certainly warrants the money that DAZN has thrown at Canelo. There's so many huge fights to be made, and any fight with Canelo in in the opposite corner is going to be massive. But um, yeah, just all the names you rattled off, then it's certainly exciting. And Canelo's Canelo's still only young too, so. He's going to be around for a few years, and there's going to be so many great fights with him. And it's just—he's like a once-in-a-lifetime type fighter. So it's just exciting. I'm pumped for any of those fights.
0: This the zone deal, though. It's so expensive, right? So say he fights Charlo and gets sparked in both fights, <laughs> then what happens to that deal?
1: <laughs> it's sparked. Um, well, I think they're—they're they're heavily relying on him not being sparked, um, but yeah obviously that's the great, a lot of money to gamble though yeah yeah well it is but that's the great risk of boxing and they're an emerging platform they needed to go hard at someone who's not, not only going to give them some credibility but also going to derive them a lot of subscribers and what they've done is going hard at the biggest name certainly in that region in the game uh, anthony joshua is the the other flag flyer um on the other side of the world but um yeah, I would imagine that they've been blessed with some really good results out of that first fight, and they'll steer him along, and then they'll make those big fights. And if he does get beat, um, I guess it's the onus is upon them, like with any promoter or broadcaster, to rebuild and, and to go again. It's a, it's a gamble, no doubt. It's a lot of money, but um, they've had a, a good crack at um, making their new place to watch boxing something that people are, are going to subscribe to.
0: Speaking of the zone, is that that's only available in America, right? Is it any other country that's that's got that? Um,
1: it's it's available through uh, some of Europe and in Japan and some other places. And I would not be surprised if we see it in Australia. Um, if not uh, twenty nineteen, uh, then then not too far beyond. Uh, I would imagine that's would something awesome. that is likely to happen. Um, it's just a very difficult uh, technical uh, transition for them to make. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And more immediately, uh, I would think that ESPN Plus will make its way to Australia, maybe even next year. I can't year. wait. That would be I think.
2: can't wait. I'm absolutely hanging to have all those access to all those fights legally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and for sure. But then you do have to bear in mind that we are doing pretty well here in Australia at the moment with what Fox Sports are, are getting. Like this weekend is the perfect example with having those two big shows from both sides of the world available to us just as subscribers of Fox Sports. Yeah, um, yeah. So you don't need to do what you do in America, like where people have to have, you know, showtime and get the full package and then pay for pay-per-views as well and then have to zone an ESPN Plus and and, and have ESPN and, um, you know, then all the other shows that Al Heyman does through Fox. And there, there's a lot of expense involved in watching boxing in some other markets, whereas um, we're not doing too badly. And while people uh, obviously... Um, are frustrated with with watching the sport here and have been for years um compared to other places it's it's relatively inexpensive to watch quite a bit of boxing and while we miss out on some shows we we do pretty well overall
2: absolutely absolutely but uh yeah
1: we're very
0: grateful BD
2: yeah sorry ben no uh, <laughs>
1: No, it's not all me. I promise you. There are, there are people who are employed to do this stuff. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's getting it, it, it's, really.
2: That's that's <laughs> uh, that is genuinely the first time you've ever said that. I I honestly thought you ran Fox Sports. By the way, you have spoke to us in the past. <laughs> yeah, right. Really? Oh, that's amazing. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, after your fight the other night, you're not allowed within 300 <laughs> metres. Uh, why,
2: why did I even go there? Like, seriously. Uh, and even if um, I hadn't been in the genuine fight of the year, I, um, why did I even go there anyway? You always fucked
1: Well, you weren't. But i tell you who was in a really good fight the other day as we move along with the um, podcast, Michael Zarafa. Oh, what an yeah. outstanding performance uh, he put on against Kelbrook. in round one. I think we were all messaging each other. Round one, I thought, oh, dear, this is not going to end well at all. He had that, um, that laser-like jab, Kelbrook Brook, and he picked off um, Zarafa's nose, had him in strife, looked to be just outclassing him, walking through him. But then Zarafa just turned it around and started having his moments. He even wobbled Kelbrook Brook at a point. Um, the commentary uh, was at pains to say that Kel Brook was off his game, but I uh, I disagree with that. I thought that Zarafa gutsed it out and made Brook look pretty ordinary. Um, it was a really good performance.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, like... It, it, Oops, sorry, Mickey, go. No, no I'll just say, like, Brook was just landing jabs at will in the first round. It was, like, rocking yeah. his head back. And, yeah, I thought, man, this probably isn't going to go much longer than this. And then, yeah, like, it, full credit to Zarafa. I mean, the the British... Media obviously didn't give him any credit at all. The narrative was all about uh, Brooke looking bad and enticing Amir Khan into a fight. But they, what they didn't talk about is just how, how gutsy he was to stick it out for the, those 12 rounds. And not only that, and have his moments in there as well.
2: Yeah, look, it was so painful, the commentary. Uh, at the very start, Giraffe did look at like a little bit of a rabbit in the headlights. But he got his way back into the fight and... Um, just, as Ben touched on, just guts it out and bought the fight to him. He got no credit whatsoever off those commentators. They were just so quick to write him off and say what a shit performance it was by Brook. Zarafa, so hold your head high, brother. Like, you absolutely toughed it out. Had your moments in the fight. Um, Brook clearly, clearly won the fight that night. But, man, what a what a performance. What a gutsy performance. And just the commentary that night just... It's my head. In it's like as if it's like as yeah. if he he it's like as if he he overachieved and they just it was as if they were dirty on him for making everyone look bad. It was just,
1: yeah, they made their decision on what they expected to see in that fight before they began that broadcast, and um, it was Adam Smith and Carl Froch who are obviously um, you know very very talented and um, experienced commentators, but they couldn't get out of their mindset that. Um, that Brooke was going to walk through him. And I think after what they saw in round one and what we all saw, they thought, oh, it's imminent, the end of this. And then when that didn't happen, when Zarafa managed to go to his next level, they were confused and surprised by it. So rather than admire what he was doing, they just continued to pour on um, their thought process that uh, that Brooke was meant to walk through him after what they saw in round one, and they couldn't switch out of it. So it became pretty difficult to hear, but... Um, I guess that's as Australians and as people who know Michael Zarafa, Um, you know, it was difficult for us. But maybe in the UK there wasn't much talk about the commentary. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, but certainly, certainly hard to see an Aussie um, doing well and toughing it out and and getting absolutely no credit like yeah, we did. It's bullshit.
0: The good thing is though, he performed well enough that Matrium would want to do business with him again.
1: Absolutely, if
0: they for any other potential fights. So it's not like he got blown out of there. So. He Definitely. he has a lot of options when they come knocking again.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good fights at that division at Matchroom as well um, as uh, Michael has uh, conversed with them about before. Uh, so whether he goes back into another of those fights or whether he looks domestically, um, mm-hmm. I, I know they're not quite ready to make a decision just yet, but they're going to figure that out.
2: I believe that he will have to earn it again. Like he's going to have to go back to uh, back to the drawing board with the team. And they're going to have to work work out a way to get back into the world rating. So there's something there for these um, bigger promotional companies to take off in. Yeah, because that was that was what that's what that's what had him had Eddie Hearn mentioning the name was the Commonwealth title and was the fact that he was noticed by the, w, yeah. the WBA and I think he was rated inside the top 30 with the WBC. So um, that's what got him. Well, yeah, well, it was it was
1: when. Yeah, it was when you and I were there, Mickey, in the UK um, in March uh, around the um, Anthony Joshua, uh, Joseph Parker fight and also Lucas yeah. Brown and Dillian White. That's when yeah, we started these conversations with, with Eddie Hearn and, and um, then Zarafa got those offers. Um, it was because he had that Commonwealth title and the Poms uh, place a, a lot of emphasis on that title. So Aussies who can get them um, have a lot of bargaining power over there.
2: That is actually a title that I'm really. That's what we're looking at for in March. Well, I'm very, very keen on the Commonwealth title. That's vacant at the moment, so we've um, we've been uh, we've put our hand up for that. So hopefully that can come off. But yeah. but um, um, Zaraf, he's world class. He deserves to be in these big fights, and um, and he will get his chance again because um, another thing is Zarafa's still only 26 or 27 years of age. So for a guy with as much experience as he's had. Um, and look he 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 had the, the knockout loss to, to Quillen and he took a bit of punishment in the Cal Brook fight. But outside of that, Zarafa has um, has not taken a lot of punishment in his career. He's still young. I believe he's gonna come back better from this this um, this experience with Brook. So it's um yeah. It's interesting. It'll be good to see good to see what um, if there is any chance of big domestic fights, the junior middleweight division is certainly, um, certainly hot at the moment in Australia. But um, Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, the one that we have been saying for quite some time, and it was um, one that I had mentioned to me by a couple of people through the, the, the past few days, actually, um, is Zarafa against Tim Zhu. I know that um, we're all keen on seeing that fight, but there doesn't appear to be um, uh, a great deal of interest from the Zarafa side in making that fight um, and I, I guess given, you know, the opportunities that potentially he may have back in the UK and, you know, the need for rankings and the like, you can sort of understand in a way, but it, it, either way it would be a, a really good fight to see. I'd like to see that um, Zoo Zarafa um, test of styles and to see where Tim Zoo is at really.
2: Yeah, it's all about, it just comes down to risk for reward because Zarafa's done his apprenticeship, so to speak. He is on the verge of those big fights and, He'll bounce back and land another big fight with um, with a couple more wins under his belt. Um, does he want to take the risk against Zoo? Um, can Zoo's team come up with enough money that that warrants their effort to take the risk on him? Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But it's certainly certainly an interesting fight. Then you've got I tell you a fighter I did some work with um, in the lead up to to this um, to my. Walsh <laughs> was uh, was Dwight Ritchie, and um, he he's also another one in the junior middleweight division in Australia. I think he doesn't get enough credit. He's not a puncher at all, but he's honestly one of the um, most just silky silkiest boxers I've ever shared the ring with. He's he's a really talented young fighter. So super, and I'd love to see Tim Zhu versus um, versus Dwight Ritchie. That is a fight that I would love to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, That's be awesome. Fight. And Richie is world rated as well now, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think he's sitting at number thirteen with the IBF. Yeah. 13, 12 or thirteen. Yeah, but he's another one too. He he, when he turned professional, he was still only seventeen years of age. So um, he's got a few no contests on the record there. But he's been around forever, and. Um, yeah, just slowly, slowly but surely climbed his way up into um, climbed his way up into the world ratings. So it'd be interesting to see what two thousand nineteen odds for the cowboy. What, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. What Go other on. Aussie fights we've we got? We've, we've some good we're fights. We're going to touch um, and Hopper. That's signed. That's done, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we announced that yesterday. Um, so Paul Gallon fighting John Hopper. Uh, Hopper hasn't been in the ring for a while, but he's a two-time former Australian um, heavyweight champion. Uh, went over and fought unsuccessfully against Oliver McCall at a point. Um, He has a fight uh, uh, on the streets or um, at a footy game just about every week anyway, so he's certainly been keeping um, in shape. But but he's fighting Paul Gallen. Um, It'll be on main events. It's February the 8th of Friday night, and the idea behind it all is that um, it's a night where there's not much else on, and as we saw with Horn against Mundine, if you make a big boxing event on a Friday night where there isn't much other sport outside footy season then pubs and clubs will go massive so it's the sort of fight that particularly in New South Wales but also in Queensland and and maybe uh, bits and pieces also in WA and um, and in Victoria uh, you'll get a lot of people into pubs so they'll probably make a lot of revenue out of that and then obviously homes as well through main event for people who are looking to, to stay at home and um, they'll sell a lot of tickets at the Horton Pavilion as well on a, on a Friday night so um yeah two sort of um boxers who uh have ability in a, a rough and tough and tumble but underneath that there will be a really good undercard um a lot of conversations about how that is taking shape but uh the promoter is Matt Rose and he's got some um some big plans he's making some decent offers and has some big names in mind one of those who will definitely be on that card is Tim Zoo they're just trying to figure out who the opponent is at this point um there's a couple of names. The raffle was one that they wanted, but uh, that won't be happening. And so they'll continue to look. But there's, uh, yeah, lots of other decent names that are coming up. That's February the uh, 8th on a Friday night in Sydney.
2: Yep. Is uh, Will Kai be coming back for that one? Or
1: I would be surprised if Kai is on that. Um, I'm not sure of the situation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Matt Rose and No Limit um, Management uh, will continue uh, with Kai or not, I'm not sure of the plan. Uh, obviously, they are extremely disappointed with the loss to Francis Chua, um, the removalist uh, on the undercard of Horn against Monday. Favorite
0: pound for pound boxer,
1: he is uh, he's, no, he's pound for pound number one in all of our hearts, um, and. Yeah, so I'm not sure what will happen with Kai. It'd be good to see him back on that card and start to rebuild, but they were really disappointed. Uh, you know, as we've mentioned before, there were some question marks over the professionalism of his uh, preparation for that fight. Um, I don't know whether that's the case or what, what happened, but, uh, yeah, I certainly losing.
2: Exact, I think that's exactly what the case was, mate. Uh, yeah. It's, it's sad that, um, that Kai self-sabotaged himself when he was so close like that.
1: Yeah, well, as we've said before, he, they almost had a deal to bring Vasyl Lomachenko to Australia to defend his world title against Kai McKenzie, who was the world number two. So a lot of investment um, to be brought undone and taken away by our man, the removalist. It's such a brilliant story too, Kai.
2: Like he's been through some hardship in his life, so oh, yeah. wish, him, wish him all the best. Yeah, and,
1: well, uh, that's the thing. Hopefully he does take... Something out of this, and knuckles down, and has a crack, and can get back in those spots. Because yeah, it'd be it'd be um, horrible to see him uh, dip away in, in any capacity. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll just uh, wait and see. But in the meantime, I've been trying to find out what's next for Francis Chua. Um, I really like the fight between the Removalist and the Flamingo for the Australian title. Um, I would be excited to see that the Flamingo. Uh, Jacob NG uh, won against Gage Island in a, an amazing performance, really. Uh, he's relatively inexperienced, but he looked like um, he'd been doing it for years and years, and uh, rounds three and four of that fight, his uh, body punching and his variety was outstanding against the extremely tough Gage Island, um, and now they'll be looking for another fight. So NG against Chua would be good.
0: Yeah, and South pay-per-view, pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah. How good was how good was Flamingo's after fight and it's that slug was absolutely amazing.
1: It was yeah, if <laughs> uh, you yeah, yeah. haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on his social media or something, but yeah, he did was it is that what it is, a slug? A slug. A slug. Yeah.
2: Mate, he's 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 entertaining <laughs> NG.
1: He so much. And he can so fight like he we um, we all thought that um gage might be too tough, but gee just like he just broke him apart, and the way he punched to the body in in three and four, like it was it was world class. He, he he could be um, yeah he, he could be in in some really big fights. Jacob Ng,
2: he's one to watch. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Ben, quick and quick question,
1: uh, go for me or for how
0: did, now for you? How did okay. the um, the pay per view numbers do uh, for Mundine Horn compared to like Mundine Green one? Like did. Um, I don't know They don't released numbers, but yeah, where's So,
1: great Well, Mundine Green 1 is the benchmark. Um, yeah. Um, and that was, you know, the greatest rivalry, not in Australian boxing, but in Australian sport, up until that time, maybe ever. So, you know, those numbers are unlikely to be challenged uh, unless we can develop something uh, along those lines again. But what um, Horn, Mundine did was, as I just mentioned, when we were talking about this um wati fight, it was huge for pubs and clubs. Like every mm-hmm. pub and club in Australia, if they didn't have it on, then there was one nearby that did. Um, so there was a lot of income derived from there. Homes were really strong. Um, uh, yeah, they, they were very happy with uh, the amounts of homes that sub- subscribed to the fight. And then they sold 30,000 tickets. So overall, it was a massive financial success.
0: Cool. Awesome. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Boxing's well and truly alive.
1: Oh, yeah, boxing is good to go. Don't worry about that. And the idea, I know there's, you know, there's always naysayers and those who go, oh, why do these footy players get all this coverage? Why are they on main event? Well, the idea is that, you know, they've got profiles. Yeah. They've been developed in other sports. So they get to be on these big shows. But the
0: good thing Same for boxing he's proud,
1: Yeah, that's right. And the good thing for boxing in Australia is with this new breed of promoters who are interested in good undercards, you can start to bring people through. And then, you know, in, in the not-too-distant future, once there is more boxing on TV and once these shows are a success then the guys who are fighting as main event, um, as main undercards and, and further down the list on these huge shows, while there is great interest in the main events, they will become household names and then they'll be able to have their own shows. And that's the way that it works. We're bringing people through and, yeah, they, they, there are plenty, even within the boxing fraternity, who come out to bag these shows. But... There's no point bagging him. You're just better off getting on the undercard and impressing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At the Absolutely. end of the day, whenever the spotlight is on boxing, it's good for the sport. Yeah. That's
1: right. So, that's right. And, yeah. you know, Hopper is a two-time Australian heavyweight champion. So, you know, it, they're not absolute battlers, these blokes, and it's a pretty entertaining fight. Hopper's much bigger than him. And Gallen, while he's probably the fittest sports person in Australia, just about, he's not a superstar boxer. He punches hard and he's tough, but... He could get caught easily by Hopper, and it's six two-minute rounds this as well. So six two. This is going to be so much fun. He's not going to – like, it, there's no time for Hopper to gas. He's going to be able to keep punching, and he punches hard. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. This is going to be so much fun. I, I absolutely love this fight, and I love the idea of these fights. As he's touched on, these guys have got profile. This is what we need, and – Let's hope that um, Matt Rose puts a great undercard on, which no doubt he will. And um, yeah, I, I think it's win-win. It's going to be a hell of, It's going to yeah. be fun. It's going to be fun.
1: And that's the thing. Like he, he, he has the right mindset. Matt Rose and and the people around him. He wants to use these footy player types to bring through his boxes because he's got a stable of fighters and he's trying to make that stable bigger. So the idea is correct. It's not like the old days when you know Mundine shows would be on and. Um, Cody Nassau would put together a, a, an undercard which really struggled. Um, now it's about bringing names through and developing fighters um, and, and using this platform to to give other fighters uh, or, or to give young boxers or emerging boxers platforms and and, and some level of notoriety and, and even fame by performing well on undercards like this. It's a, it's a good method and it's one that um, he's investing in pretty heavily. Well,
2: it's going to be good to see how all this comes out 2019, especially with... Um with Ben controlling Fox Sports and getting it back on TV for us. So.
1: There's um, some other good fights that we should mention as well early in the new year. I, I mentioned Liam Parrow, um So he's going to be fighting on the 16th of February in Mackay, which is where he's originally from. Gage Island's from Mackay as well. He's on the yeah. undercard. But Parrow is um, fighting against uh, an Italian fella, uh, Massimiliano Balasse. Uh, who's twenty two and five, um, so that that's a good fight for the already uh, world ranked Liam Paro, and then we've got that big fight between Blake Caparello and um, Reagan yes, Desay, yes. uh, which is mm-hmm. taking place at the Melbourne Pavilion as well, which Sam Labruna is so, uh, promoting. We, we so we should
2: break that down. That our, our next episode, our, well, our recap shall be our next episode. We should try and maybe get if we are in person, we'll get Bill Capo on the show to come talk to us about yeah, that fight
1: for sure. Yep. Yep. Good idea. Mean? That would be. Um, oh, it's a good fight, it's isn't great. it? Like, it's. Yeah, it's great that they've taken it. Um, it's great that, you know, the Desai, they're on a path. They're world ranked and everything, but they've gone, all right, we'll, we'll fight against Blake, who's obviously the best in or around that division um, at the Absolutely. moment. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really, really cool fight, and it's great that they've um, they've put themselves into it both. Get games. it on
2: TV, Ben. Work harder.
1: Done. Sweet. Yeah. Well. Um, another good fight I wanted to mention, uh, Mark Flanagan. This one sort of slid through. He's fighting against David Light, who's that uh, undefeated cruiserweight, 11-0 and 0 from New Zealand. Um, Flanagan signed to fight him at Auckland um, in, I think it's in May, 18th of May, I believe. So, um, yeah, good fight and one that sort of slid through as well. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a risky fight I, too, I just, Flanagan. Just there's not, there's not much
2: for um, for Flanagan to gain from from that fight. So... Hopefully, um, hopefully he's getting a decent little payday over there in New Zealand, and um,
1: yeah, well, I'd imagine he must be um, getting getting something decent because yeah, it's a sort of a that's, you a, know, a, that's a, a guy yeah, on the rise, a, nothing fight for They're trying to get a name scout.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Oh good. Yeah. So, wish lists for 2019,
1: wish domestically, list. internationally. You go do you first, man? What do you guys uh, want to say? Well, obviously, uh, Mitchell, Poulsen, the rematch. Um, yeah. <laughs> the one.
0: Of course,
2: that was cut, um, you fucking dog.
1: So, so we want, what, an international um, fight that we'd like to see and a domestic fight that yeah. we'd like to see. Is, that the, is yeah. that the way it's going? All right. Well, in terms of domestic fights, the two big ones – well, no, actually, I'm just going to go with the one I said before, Francis Tua against Jacob NG. That's what I want to see as a domestic mm-hmm. fight. Um, you can have your – Tim Zoo against Michael Zarafas. You can have your um, Giopatize against Mark Flanagan's, but I'll take um, the Flamingo and the Removalist for a domestic. And internationally, I want to see um, Andrew Maloney in a world title fight against Kallier Fire. That'd be the one yep. for me.
2: They're, 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 mate, they're great fights. The Removalist versus the Flamingo would be so much fun. And Andrew yep. Maloney, mate, he's hopefully, fingers crossed, he gets that KU five fight and Andrew Maloney's going to become champion yeah. of the world 2019.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I like that fight uh, stylistically. I like it because of the big stage To be on. I like it because I want Andrew Maloney to get a world title fight, but I like it more than that because I think that's a fight that Andrew Maloney wins.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, he, he will become world champion in 2019. I'm predicting that. And Jason too, if he gets another crack, Jason's a real deal.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
2: um, All right, so do you want mine? Yeah, go on. All right, domestically, the fight that I want to see more than any other would have to be – I want to see – Big bad Ben Damon, the class you I want to see him in there against Aswin Goodbye. Yeah. And I want to get, I want to start a GoFundMe now. I believe Stephen Dank's looking for work. We're going to get him at the head of your supplements program. Yes. I want to see a jacked, an absolutely jacked Ben Damon yeah. versus uh, Aswin Goodbye for their New South Wales Cruiserweight title.
1: Yeah, I understand that. And I, look, my I want to call bit, the action too. I have an issue with Cruiserweight, um, but. You know, we can work on that, but you know, Aswin, do you reckon he's the opponent for me because he's been there and done that. He's nineteen seventy-two and four, Aswin could buy. Like Well, be, it was
2: It was a fitting. It was fitting because we want to see you get you get a strap, and um, no one's fought in more state titles than the man himself, Aswin kabai So, I think it'd be. I think it'd be great. He'd like it Don't too worry.
1: because he's on a Don't losing streak. Uh, he'd like to turn <laughs> that around.
2: <laughs> I just, I'm just, i going to call it alongside uh, alongside Peter Maniardis. would be great.
1: <laughs> I think he's on a 14-fight losing streak at the moment, Aswin. Um, Is he? Yeah, so it'd be good for him to turn that around. Um, 44, Aswin, Kabai. 44.
2: Jeez. Still going strong, the old fella. He's 24. probably
1: fighting somewhere tonight. Uh, he's generally fighting. It's, <laughs> it's a Friday, so if not tonight, tomorrow.
2: No but doubt, I, I like that. Uh, well, basically, yeah, on. one for I want Zach done. Me versus Zach done. That's that's yep. my domestic. Fight. That's what I want. And yep. um, outside of that, mate, there's there's some other great fights that you made. I, I couldn't agree with you more. The flamingo versus Chua. That's that's fun. But me versus Zach done. internal internationally, um, internationally, I'd like to see. I mate, I, I just want to see Golovkin and Canelo go at it one more time. I, I really do. I really want to see that fight, and I also want to see Fury Deontay Wilder the rematch, which is is going to happen. But there's right now there's so much, so many good fights to be made right across the board. Yeah. That um, this is a conversation that would be a whole episode worth if I if we got into detail. But yeah. Yep. Enough.
1: Good
0: choices. Nothing
2: out, nothing out of the box. me. How about you, Mickey? Then we'll wrap it up. I'm about to piss myself.
0: <laughs> Domestically, i like to see Caporello versus yeah. Joe Patea. I think style-wise, yep, okay, yep. it's good. good. Um, and, you know, the young guy versus the experienced guy. And it has been talked in- about before that fight. I,
1: I know there's been some discussion. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That's a good fight.
0: Yeah, so it's, it could happen hopefully end of, you know, mid-2019. We'll see. Yeah, um, Internationally, uh, I'd like to say Joshua Wilder. 20 years after the last undisputed champion, yep. it's fitting that you know exactly 20 years later that you have another unification in the UK. Um, it, it's good for the UK-America rivalry and the heavyweight division always filters down interest to the lowerweight divisions. Um, but also I'd like to see uh, Jarrett Hurd versus Jamal Charlo in the unification as well in the lowerweight divisions. Um,
1: yeah. But, yeah. Well, you knows- think that both of those fights... A fights like you know, barring um, Heard going up in weight, um, yeah, yeah. You, you'd think that those are both fights that do happen, and they do happen in twenty nineteen. You'd think the ones that you've asked for.
0: Yeah, because like Jamal Charlo stormed the ring after Joe Heard's last fight, and they had yeah. a bit of a go. And very often that happens, and then you don't see the fight happening for another two, three years. Mm. And it's different because when a lot of I have a lot of friends that follow MMA that watch fights and when they see that they think okay so this fight's happening next because in in the UFC that's usually how it goes but it's I I explain to them that that's not always the way it yeah, happens yeah. in boxing but I hope in this case it it does. Do you think maybe it's more likely that
1: uh, Jamal Charlo uh, ends up with Jared Hurd when Hurd goes up to middleweight you'd have to think that he he has to go up at some point. His body doesn't look like like we said with Jaime Munguia. Munguia,
0: yeah. It doesn't
1: look like a junior middleweight. Like he he looks and he's only young as well. He has to go up at some point, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, you think so. And it, it looks like he can probably fill out a little bit as well, you know, physique wise. Yeah. So yeah. There's a, there's a lot of options. Those two weight divisions, like there, there's so much cross pollination that can happen with 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 each cost other. So so many. I options. did not expect that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure I like I like that, that right. term. I like yeah, that's that term. Great. Wow. Yeah. See,
2: but this is this is the thing. There's just so much. There's so many big fights, and it's going to be so good to see with with DAZN, with Fox, now with PBC. There's just huge fights, and there's yeah, it's an, it's going to be a great year for boxing 2019.
1: It is, um, and I. Can't announce it yet, but Sakio Bicca does have a fight um, internationally. Uh, yeah, so we'll be able to talk about that uh, on the next episode. But um, he's waiting to announce, Nothing. and it's been a bit frustrating, but uh, it's just about there. So he, he's, he's uh, been patient, Sakio. Thankfully, uh, he's got one, and that'll yeah. uh, be announced very shortly. But I think we should uh, probably wrap up because it sounds like Jade is about to cross-pollinate himself.
2: I certainly am. I'm I'm out of here.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Merry Christmas to you, Mickey. To you, Jade. And Merry Christmas to everyone who's bothered to listen to this point in the show. Thanks for um, supporting us. Thanks for uh, the support of Oz Boxing and Everlast as well. It's been um, it's been a good year of of boxing in Australia. Um, Obviously highlighted by what we saw last week at the Melbourne Pavilion between the Matador. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the smelly one. Uh, just the right. gift that keeps on giving. I hope that is sitting underneath my tree uh, come December 25
2: Mate, I hope there's some fucking aftershaves sitting on <laughs> the Poulsen's tree, that stinky
0: motherfucker.
2: <laughs> and, yeah, fuck you, Ben Damon. Merry Christmas, Mickey. And uh, until next time, fellas. Merry Christmas,
1: guys. <laughs> all right. And we'll come back. The next episode, I believe, is going to be our year wrap-up where we um, give out all the awards so we announced the award winners i think for you know obviously fight of the year is is decided but um,
2: <laughs> so. fuck you dude
1: all right
0: see so, ya. Yeah, bye right.
2: see boys see ya Ta-ta.